We're going to turn to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, one verse tonight. We'll look at a few more as we go through the message. But uh, to start with, we'll just look at this one. And that is Hebrews 11 and verse number 7. Hebrews 11, 7. And the word of God says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this service thus far. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful music that we've enjoyed singing. And uh, Lord, just reminders for us regarding our walk with you and our faith in you. And uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, you would help us to trust in you better because of tonight. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you would use your word to uh, cause us to have a closer walk with you and to live a life of faith. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we have started this series, we're, we're well into it now, this series on living by faith, and uh, what we're doing is basically kind of interviewing the different individuals uh, that are in the grandstands of our life, uh, cheering us on and watching us and encouraging us as, as we go. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us uh, that we have so great a cloud of witnesses that is watching us. And, uh, and so what we're doing is looking at the, that cloud of witnesses and one by one learning what they did by faith and hopefully being encouraged to follow their example. Now certainly we're to follow the Lord Jesus' example. He's the one we're to look to most of all. We're to look unto Jesus uh, who uh, endured the cross, despising the shame, right, as we uh, have been learning about. But Uh, We can also look at others who were flesh and bone just like us. Uh, Jesus was perfect, and yet these people were not, and they still are highlighted as examples of people who did things by faith. And uh, we've looked at already, we've looked at Abel, and uh, remember we we learned how he was, uh, he he sacrificed, There in verse number four, the more excellent sacrifice, and he was willing to do things God's way rather than his own way, like Cain did. Cain did uh, Burger King Christianity, where it's, hey, have it your way, however you want to do it. Uh, But that's not the way it works with Christianity. It's, he's the king, have it his way. And then uh, verse number five, we learned about Enoch last week, the the man who was not because uh, God had translated him. And, uh, and we talked about how he pursued God, and how he pleased God, and how he preached God. Well, now we come to uh, the third individual that is highlighted here in this uh, chapter, and that is a man by the name of Noah. Now, most of us are obviously very familiar with his life and what he was uh, known for and uh, we're, we know a lot of the details of his life, so we're not going to go through all of those and in, in, in take too much time with that. Uh, I do want to kind of walk through this verse, though, and uh, explain some things and hopefully learn lessons um, that we can apply to our own lives. 
So here we go. Let's go ahead and jump into it tonight. First of all, as we look at verse number seven, let's notice Noah's motivation. Now we know that he ended up building this ark, but what motivated him to do this? Motivation is very, very important. Uh, a lady named uh, Terry, who, was, who worked at a dental office, said this. She said, at the busy dental office where I work, one patient was always late. And uh, once when I uh, called to co confirm an appointment, he said, well, I'll be there, but I'll be about 15 minutes late. That won't be a problem, will it? I said, no, no, no it's not going to be a problem. We just won't have time to give you an anesthetic. Well, needless to say, he arrived on time for that particular appointment. You see, it just requires the right motivation. Uh, then I read about another gentleman who worked the 4 p.m. to midnight shift, and uh, he always walked home after work. So there in the middle of the night would walk home, and one night the moon was shining so brightly he decided to take a shortcut through the cemetery. Well, the shortcut would save him roughly a half-mile walk, and so nothing happened that night, so the man repeated the process on a regular basis, thought this is going to be a great time saver for me. And uh, so he, he did this every night, always following the same path. Well, one night as the man was walking his route through the cemetery, he stepped right into a grave that had been dug in the center of his regular path that day. He tried to get out, but even his best efforts failed him. So after a few minutes, he decided to relax and wait until morning when someone would help him out. Well, the man sat down in the corner of the grave and was half asleep when another man, who happened to have a little bit too much to drink, following the same path, also stumbled into the grave. So here they were, two men in a grave in the middle of the night. And immediately the drunk began to frantically claw at the sides in an attempt to get out, and the man reached out his hand who had been there before, touched the drunk on the leg and said, uh, friend, you can't get out of here. There's no use. Well, when the drunk heard the voice and felt the touch on his leg, he jumped so high he was able to climb right out of the grave. <laughs> now that's motivation. All right. Now what was it that motivated Noah to do what he did? Well, first of all, it was the word of God. In verse number 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, the things not seen as yet. So Noah heard the warning and the word of God, and that motivated him to obey the Lord. If we uh, turn in our Bibles back to Genesis chapter number 6, we'll kind of be between Hebrews 7 and Genesis 6 and 7. So if you want to kind of put a little piece of paper there, you've got your little outline, you can use that as a little uh, bookmark. But Genesis chapter number 6, uh, let's, let's learn what Noah heard uh, from God, the word of God that he heard that motivated him to do this. Uh, verse number uh, 13. Well, let's back up to verse number uh, 11 here. It says, the, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah. So here comes the word of God to Noah. The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then he says in verse 14, here's the instructions, Noah. I want you to make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make it in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. 
And this is the fashion uh, which thou shalt make it. The, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit thou shalt, or shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark uh, shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life, from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come into thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And so here the word of God comes to Noah, and guess what? Noah is willing to obey it. Uh, that's enough for Noah. He didn't need, you know, uh, an airplane to, dry, to fly by with a... Uh, you know, a big banner that, uh, that said, Noah, here's what you need to do. Uh, God gave him his word, and that was enough for Noah. Now, you and I, we have this. Shouldn't this be enough for us to live by faith? Shouldn't this be enough for us? Uh, Noah didn't have this. He just had the verbal instruction of God, and yet he was willing to do all that he did I mean, and it was pretty outlandish. There was, I mean, a flood, rain. What are you talking about? That hadn't happened ever in the history of mankind yet. And, uh, and yet Noah respected the Lord and, and reverenced the Lord enough that when he spoke, he believed it. Uh, when you see something in God's word, do you respect the Lord and reverence the Lord enough to believe it and to apply it to your life? I hope the answer is yes. Romans 10 and verse number 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear the word of God, it will increase our faith. If your faith is weak uh, this evening, I would encourage you, the antidote for weak faith is the word of God. The cure for uh, a lack of faith in our life is getting back to the Word of God because as we get the Word of God in us, it will increase our faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what motivated Noah? God's Word motivated him. What, what motivates you? I hope it's the same thing because that's what motivated Noah. All right? What else motivated Noah? Well, the fear of God also motivated Noah. If we flip back over again to Hebrews chapter number 11... And uh, here's what it says in verse number 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. What were those things not seen as yet? Those were, that's the flood. That was the rain that was going to come down, the judgment that was going to happen. But then it says, he was moved with fear. He was moved with fear. Uh, so are you saying that he was living by fear? I thought, I thought he was living by faith. Well, here's the deal. If you're 
uh, fearing God, then you have no one else. You don't have to fear anything else. And uh, that's what he was doing. Is he was, his fear was not of what was going to happen. His fear was in the Lord and what the word of God said and what God said. William Gurnall said this, We fear men so much because we fear God so little. And uh, too often we do fear what lies out there because we don't fear God like we should. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And uh, boy, if there was ever a human example of Proverbs 29, 25, I would say it was the man Noah. Uh, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but, and uh, I imagine as he was building that ark over those however many years, it was, uh, a lot of people think it took him 120 years to build the ark. It, it couldn't have been probably that long. It was probably in the neighborhood of about 75 years that uh, it took him to build the ark. Um, that's how long it was from when God said the man, the, the wickedness has come before him, and he said the days of man are just 120 years. That was the amount of time between God's announcement of judgment and the flood. So within that period of time, Noah built the ark. Okay, But while he was building the ark, I imagine there were people who made fun of him, who made all kinds of jokes about Noah because he's that kooky guy that's building a, a big, huge boat and out in the middle of nowhere, there's no water around at all. Why in the world would he build the ark? He's so crazy, he's lost it. See, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but here was Noah. Instead, he put his trust in the Lord, and as a result, guess who was safe? It was the one who put his trust in the Lord in that moment. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter number 1. Proverbs chapter 1. I don't think there's a better passage in the Bible regarding the fear of God and the importance of it in our own lives than Proverbs chapter number 1. Uh, if you would, pick it up in, uh, in verse number 20. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the opening Openings of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. But because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded, but ye have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they... For that they hated knowledge, and here it is, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. 
So those who uh, reject the fear of God in their own lives and said, I don't need to fear God. Well, one day there's going to come, in verse number 27, fear will come as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, it's going to happen. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. God's going to say, the thing is, is you didn't choose the fear of God. But those that fear, that do choose the fear of God, here's the promise in verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So there's two groups of people in Noah's day when the floods begin to rise. There's those who, verse 27, fear cometh as a desolation, destruction cometh as a whirlwind, distress and anguish cometh upon you. At that point, it was too late. But then there was another group, a group of eight souls who were on this boat that everybody made fun of for all those years. In verse 33, they found themselves, Whoso hearkeneth unto me, no one his family did. And guess what? They were dwelling safely, and they were quiet from fear of evil. Uh, it's our choice, and it's your choice, my friend. You choose the fear of God or you can reject it. It's up to you, but I'm telling you, Proverbs chapter 1 still applies even in 2021. And uh, the fear of God was something that really motivated Noah so much that he was going to be faithful to do what God said for him to do. Here's some great promises about the, pro the, the, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10, 27, listen to this. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Those who choose to fear God, the Bible promises that you're going to have a long life. Now again, does this mean that everybody who fears the Lord is going to uh, live to be a hundred and something years old? No. But overall, the promise is the fear of the Lord does prolong days. Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. I mean... To me, it just makes perfect sense to fear God because there's so many wonderful promises uh, that God has for those who do. You see, we need to remember that while God is good, loving, and gracious, and kind, God is also just and powerful. And we need to have a healthy fear of God. And so Noah was motivated by the word of God, but he was also motivated by the fear of God Secondly, let's look at not only Noah's motivation, but now let's look at Noah's ministry. Noah's ministry. If we kind of flip back, I know we're kind of doing a lot of, a lot of flipping here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 again, in verse number 7. Um, let's look at what he did. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, Here's what he did. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. Okay, two aspects to his ministry here. First of all, he, of course, prepared an ark. He prepared an ark. Verse, verse 7 says he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. He heard the word of God and he was willing to actually do the word of God. He was actually willing to work. Now, real faith always produces 
action. True faith always leads to works. Faith, we're not saved by works, but faith should, true faith in the Lord, should produce uh, work in our life. Action. Uh, if, we would, if you could, turn over to James chapter 2. It's the next, uh, next book of the Bible. We've got Hebrews, and then right after that is James, James chapter 2. And uh, I want us to look at a f- few verses here. Verse 17. Because Noah, he heard the word of God, and that's great. And he, I, I imagine he believed that what God said was true. But you know, when you believe something is true, then you need to act upon it. And Noah did that. Noah did that, so much so that he was willing to prepare an ark and build this ark, build this huge boat that took uh, decades to build. Okay, James uh, 2.17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, verse 18, Thou hast faith, and I have works, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. There's a little sarcasm here uh, that James is using. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Verse number 20 says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Uh, What James is saying is, you know, anyone... Talk is cheap. Anyone can say, oh, I have tremendous faith in God, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm just going to give a verbal testimony of how wonderful and great my faith is. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's wonderful. But uh, really, the evidence of our faith should be seen in our works, in our actions. Most of us are familiar with Ephesians 2, 8, 9 that tells us that we're not saved by works. And that's very clear. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. See, none of us are are saved because we do things. We talked about that quite a bit this morning. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us on the cross of Calvary and through the resurrection. Uh, that's the only way we can be saved. It's not because of me and how wonderful I am and the, my religious works. No, it's and, and because it, it, lest any man should boast. No one's going to get to heaven and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, we, we've shared this already, you know. Uh, I'm not going to get to heaven and say, well, great, how'd you get here? And then you're going to say, well, I was a member of Cornerstone Baptist Church and I, I passed out lots of flyers. And I'm going to say, well, great. Well, I was the pastor, and uh, someone else might say, well, that's great, but I was a deacon. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, well, I taught Sunday school and had to deal, and I was a nursery worker, and we're all kind of trying to brag about how, what we did to get there. That's not the way it works. We're all going to say the same thing when we get to heaven. How'd you get here? Jesus Christ. Oh, that's the same reason I got here, because of what Jesus did for me. See, that's how we're saved, okay? So that's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. What does verse 10 say? Ephesians 2, 10, here's what it says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So no, we're not saved by works, but we are saved to works. 
Does that make sense? Uh, we are not saved by works, but we are saved unto work. We are to, uh, now that we have faith, let's show it in our actions. It should be evident in our lives. People should look at our lives and say, there is something different because of the works that they do. Now, we're not doing works in order to get to heaven. We're doing works because we are already on our way to heaven. Um, that's, that's a different motivation there. So Noah, he believed, and we know that he believed because of what he did. Um, Noah faithfully worked to build the ark in Genesis and uh, you don't have to turn back over there, but I will. Genesis 6 and verse 22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And then in chapter 7, it, it says something very similar in verse number 5. Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And so he was willing to build this boat. And... Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to go out to Kentucky and, and see the Ark Encounter there, it's, it's pretty wonderful, and, and uh, I really enjoyed it and learned a lot. And uh, I would encourage you to do that to see uh, what it would have maybe looked like. And again, they took a little artistic license with it, but uh, it was, it, it's a pretty neat little structure, that, not little structure, huge structure, all right? How many of you have been to that? There's been a few who have gone to that, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's pretty neat. Um, but uh, Nate, Noah faithfully worked to build the ark, and he did that based on the word of God and based on the fear of God. So his ministry, first of all, he prepared an ark, and it shows us that uh, we uh, need to be willing to serve and work as well after we're saved. Okay, Noah's ministry, he first of all prepared an ark, but then secondly, he preached the truth. He preached the truth. Hebrews eleven seven says... Um, he was moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. Now, he didn't condemn the world and like say, you're all going to perish. But he said, if you don't trust, you're going to perish. If you don't get on this boat, you will die. You will, you will perish. Um, first, second Peter, I'm sorry, second Peter chapter number two and verse number five tells us that Noah, while he was building, he was bivocational. He was the first bivocational uh, preacher because uh, he was preaching and in construction at the same time. Second um, Peter chapter two and verse number five, it talks about here, it spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. And then it says this about him. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher. And uh, yes, he was building, but uh, he still had time to preach. And uh, those of us who uh, do have a secular job, that doesn't mean this, or Noah is your example then, uh, to be a preacher while still uh, on the job. Now, I understand your particular company may have rules along those lines, and I understand that. I remember getting in trouble for inviting somebody to church while I was working at AT&T. I got called in my office, or in the office, and uh, I received counseling. Uh, where's Brother Corey? Is he here? There he is. So I received counseling, brother, for inviting somebody to church while on the clock. And uh, I understand that some companies are like that. I also got in counseling for saying the word blessed uh, a lot, too. Uh, anyway, um, 
interesting, that's an interesting story for another time. But, uh, but here's the deal. I mean, there's ways you can preach the truth within the context of the rules and, uh, and to be still a good testimony. And I would encourage you to do that. Noah did that. He was, he was in construction, and yet he still had time to be a preacher of righteousness. Um, who did he preach to? Well, he first preached to his own family. And uh, boy, that's the most important ministry that we all have is to our own family to make sure that our own family understands the truth of the Word of God. And uh, Noah made sure that his family, his boys, and his wife got on that boat. And uh, they all did. And uh, they were all saved as a result. He also preached to others too and, and let others know he was a preacher of righteousness. You see, he believed it. And he believed it so much so that he was willing to preach it to the world. He didn't just keep it to himself. Okay, we, we obviously live in a day when uh, those who do not believe like we do are preaching a lot louder, unfortunately, than we do. Uh, they're uh, broadcasting and, and, and all over social media regarding their agenda of bringing in all this LGBTQ stuff. And uh, they're pretty loud about it and uh, wanting to silence us. And uh, many of us are just kind of going back into, you know, we, 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 you know, we are critical of Joe Biden being in his basement for his campaign. Well, a lot of Christian, there are Christians who are just kind of hanging out in their basement, so to speak, and uh, not getting the word out about the gospel, about the truth. And not Noah. Noah wasn't in his basement. Uh, he was out there being a preacher of righteousness. Second Corinthians, uh, Paul talks of, I'm going to go ahead and turn over there. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 11. Uh, this is the New Testament version of what Noah was doing as a preacher of righteousness. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and verse number 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord... Do we really understand the terror of the Lord this evening? Do we understand what the destiny of the unsaved really is? Do we understand that those without Christ go to a real place called hell? This, this place called hell is a horrible place. It's a place, the Bible says, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. It's a place of a wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's a place of outer darkness. It's a, it's a place worth eternal torments. It's a, it's a place where everybody remembers the opportunities that they had to come to Christ. This is a real place. Those of us who know the terror of the Lord, Paul said, we persuade men. Knowing, knowing what lies beyond this life for those without Christ, we should then be persuading men. We should be like Noah was, preachers of righteousness. Also in chapter 5, verse 17, hey, if any man be in, be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What is one of the things that becomes new in the life of a new believer? Verse number 18, all things are of God who hath reconciled to us, us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You realize the moment that you believed on Christ, you became a Christian, was the same moment that the Lord gave you a special ministry. Like, well, I, I didn't sign up for this ministry. Like, you know, what do we need to do for this ministry? 
Well, what is this ministry? Well, it's the ministry of reconciliation. It's the ministry of preaching righteousness to the world around us, to preaching the gospel to every creature. Uh, Noah was willing to do it. Was he very successful? Well, he had seven converts. But you know what? Those seven were pretty precious and special to him. You may not be able to reach this whole world, but praise the Lord, hopefully you can reach your own family. And uh, that's encouragement for all of us. We don't have to reach this whole world. We just have to be faithful. We don't have to have the largest church in the world. Uh, that's not our purpose. Our purpose, though, is to be faithful like Noah was, even when it was not faithful, or I mean, was not popular. And as a result, those who heard the preaching of Noah were absolutely without excuse as the, fun, the floods began to rise. The waters came down, the floods came up, and uh, they were without excuse because they remembered, I'm sure, that old man who was that crazy old man who kept building this huge boat. And they went, ouch, should have listened. Now, once again, I do want us to notice that Noah did this in a day that was not friendly to those who wanted to do right. Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5 tells us that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil continually. That's when Noah did all of this. So it wasn't like he had, you know, this huge committee to come and help him and all this support from other people around. Now, I would imagine, and, and uh, going to the Ark Encounter kind of helped some of this make sense in my own mind, but uh, I'm sure that there was uh, a bunch of people that did come and help, and, and, and Noah paid them to help, and they, he hired them to be a part of it. But still, uh, the overwhelming majority of people in that day were not for what Noah was doing. And uh, we, he really stood out like a sore thumb in that culture. But we as believers in 2021 here in America, we don't want to stand out like that. We want to fit in. We want to be camouflage Christians, incognito Christians. Like, I, I don't want anyone to really know. I mean, yes, it's my faith, but I want to kind of keep it private. That's just between me and God. But uh, Noah wasn't like that. He's like, here's who I am. And uh, you need to be like this too in order to be saved. Uh, we, we don't want to stand up and stand out for the Lord Jesus Christ in our age. Noah was willing to stand alone for the Lord. And no wonder he is listed among those who live by faith. In his day, only eight people were right, and everyone else was wrong. See, just because it's popular doesn't make it right. Uh, God didn't save us to be like the world. He saved us to be bright and shining lights in this dark world. He didn't save us to be camouflage Christians incognito. He saved us to be bright and shining lights that are different from this world. So we see Noah's ministry, and then thirdly, and we'll wrap it up with this, Noah's miracle. If we go back to verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11 here, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and here's the miracle, 
and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. See, as a result of his faith, he and his family completed the boat, and when the rains came down, they were saved physically. And by the way, if you think about this, and I was doing some study on this, they were in that boat for just over an entire year. Uh, my wife and I were on a uh, cruise ship. We, we, we took the whole family there, and, and uh, well, actually, uh, Mark wasn't born yet. Faith was a little, uh, a little, little one, and uh, she had uh, kind of developed a sickness. And while we were on this, on this boat, uh, we, we got quarantined on this boat. This is back when, uh, was it the swine flu was going around? And uh, they said that she had the swine flu. I don't think she did. Um, but uh, they, they said that she probably does, so you guys are just going to have to quarantine in your cabin. Well, we didn't have one of those nice cabins. We kind of went on the cheapy route and got the, in, I mean, going on a cruise, it's not that cheapy. But uh, we, we got the interior cabin, and so we didn't have a little porthole you could see out. And uh, we, were, we were like, okay, well, we'll just try to make the best of this and do room service. And I, I know, poor us, right? But, but still, with two boys, a little girl, and, uh, and the two of us, so there was five of us in this little cabin. Uh, it was great to sleep in, but not great to hang out in there all day, every day. Uh, for four days, you know, and, uh, and uh, well, when no one was looking, we did have to go out a little bit and two little field trips here and there, so we weren't exactly the best quarantiners ever, uh, and uh, still, even with this whole COVID lockdown, we weren't the best quarantiners ever on that either. Uh, we did what we could, though. Well, think about this. Noah and his family were cooped up in that, I mean, it was a large boat, but still, they couldn't go out and go to Walmart. They couldn't go out and go get some Brahms ice cream. They couldn't do any of that for an entire year. Now, granted, they didn't have Brahms back then, uh, so uh, that just makes him even that great of more of a hero of the faith to be able to do all he did without Brahms. Uh, but they were stuck in that boat for an entire year. and still. But, but here's the deal. They were saved physically. But not only were they physically saved, they were also saved spiritually. Listen to this. At the end of this verse, it says, they became heir of the righteousness, uh, which is by faith. Genesis 7.1 records this. The Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And notice he, was, he received this righteousness, which was by faith. Becoming an heir of righteousness has always been by faith, whether you're talking about Noah or someone living in New Testament times. We have always become heirs of righteousness by faith. Here's a couple quick references for us uh, tonight where we see God's righteousness being given to us and every time the word faith is the means in which we can receive this God's righteousness, okay? Romans 3, 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all, all them that believe, for there is no difference. So the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Uh, Romans 9, 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness, which is of faith. Uh, so 
Faith is the means by which we receive God's righteousness in our, in our lives. Philippians 3, 9, one more. Being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, Paul said, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So anytime someone says, I have God's righteousness on my, on my life, that's the only way to get that is through faith. All right? Now, there has been some tremendous miracles that took place throughout history, but my absolute favorite was on Christmas night in 1988 when I was miraculously saved by grace. And it was just me and God that met together in the dining room there at 806 East Lansford Street in Lancaster, California. This miracle took place in my life not because I was a good person. It was because I wasn't and realized that Christ had lived a perfect and sinless life and died in my place on the cross for my sins and rose again the third day. It was then my sins, all of them, past, present, and future, were removed as far as the east is from the west. They were completely forgiven, and my eternal address changed that day from hell to heaven. What about you? Have you experienced the miracle of salvation like Noah did, like I did? Have you been born again? If not, tonight is the night. And those who would say yes, I'll never forget when I got, where I was when I got saved. Hey, you and I can be part of sharing that miracle with those around us. I think of the Apostle Paul who over and over again shared his salvation miracle and testified about what God did in his life. And let that be our uh, duty as well. Uh, last, uh, last quick thought here. And that's here in verse number 7 of Hebrews 11. Notice this verse begins and it ends with faith. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. And at the end of that verse it says, which is by faith. See, now all of our Christian lives begin with faith. That's how all Christian lives begin. Uh, with the moment of salvation. And again, that comes through faith. By grace are you saved through faith. Well, let's continue then to live by faith as we live according to the word of God, display a healthy fear of God, and preach the truth of God to those around us. And with that, let's have a word of prayer.